0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week's guest is Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan is a, um, I guess, a student of theology and a devout Christian. And when he wrote to me, he talked about how he was seeing some comparisons in the way that Bloodborne is uh, versus the way that the church is and i thought that was really interesting because we've we've had you know people of all religious backgrounds on this but something like this where uh someone is actually comparing and contrasting the way that lore works in you know the bible versus the way the lore works in say bloodborne i think again it's just very interesting so sit back enjoy and i'll see you on the other side
1: I mean, I've always been like kind of deprived of uh, consoles or video games in general. So I actually got into the Souls series when I got my first PlayStation 4. And you're probably going to ridicule for me, me for this. Uh, I bought the PS4 originally so just so that I could play No Man's Sky when it was going to come out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you have welcome to uh, don't give up No Man's Sky because right. <laughs> I, I, I am a
0: defender of that game. So. <laughs> really? Oh, oh yeah, that's so yeah. refreshing.
1: Good. Oh, man. Uh, I, was, uh, I, I, I was following that game, and I was really, really intrigued by it, and uh, so I, I pre-ordered it, um, I got a PlayStation 4, but I got, I got the PS4 uh, several months before the game was supposed to come out, and then it got delayed, and so I was kind of twiddling my thumbs, just saying, like, what, well, what do I do with this nice, shiny console, nothing to play, so I kind of Googled what to play, and I, I'll have to backpedal for just a second, because I did have an Xbox 360 um, that a friend had given me, because he got the Xbox One, he gave me, like, all his games. Uh, and I went in, and I had heard that dark souls was this really challenging, like, you know, really cool game. And so I was like, well, I, I, like challenging game and I love fantasy. So let's go try give it a try. So I bought it and I played through, let's see. So this is dark souls. This was my first introductory to the series. I, I played through, um, let's see the capital, the, the first boss. And then I obviously went to the graveyard, got murdered by the skeletons several times. And then I think I Googled online, like what to do. Cause I was at a loss and I found out to go up the hill and uh, I got as far as the Gargoyles, um, and I beat the Gargoyles. I think I had to summon Solaire for it. Um, and, you know, man, I didn't get it. Like, I was I was playing, and it was kind of fun, but I obviously was dying all the time, and I didn't have uh, uh, Xbox Live, so I couldn't summon anybody. It was just kind of me on my own playing it. I, didn't, I just didn't quite grasp what was so good about this series. So I sort of left off, and I, I didn't play it again. And then I sold the 360 to get like some other stuff for the PlayStation 4. And that's that brings me kind of back to where I started, where I had the PS4, I was waiting for No Man's Sky, and then I picked up Bloodborne. And that, Jeremy, is kind of <laughs> where... <laughs> that's <laughs> where it happened. So I, I got Bloodborne, I played through it, I actually uh, sort of splurged and went ahead and, and got the PlayStation Network so I could you know read the messages, get the friends, get the invasions, get the whole experience. Uh, and as I played, um, I remember beating the first boss my first time through i think my my sort of initial tread into the dark souls universe helped me get a handle on it so i didn't have that huge learning curve where it's like a whole new kind of play style um mm. and then it was faster so it kind of kept my attention a little bit better uh and the atmosphere oh my gosh dude that the atmosphere of that game and the world yarnum just kind of tickled my imagination i don't know why um i was talking with my boss yesterday uh, obviously, you know, I'm a, I'm a student of theology. I'm a, I'm a master's degree student at seminary. So I'm, I identify as a Christian. Uh, I hope that doesn't make anybody too upset. I really don't want to make anybody mad. Um, no, so. no, not
0: not at all. Most of our, I would say all of my listeners are very open-minded people. And um, I know for a fact, like there's been some Christians on this podcast. Like I know most okay. of it, most of us probably lean a little bit to the left, but um, yeah, like no matter what, like, you know, that, that kind of stuff is what, what you believe in doesn't really matter when it comes to the games, but it is an right. interesting perspective on the series. I'm kind of curious yeah. how that's going to interact with something as anti-church in right? general as Bloodborne. Exactly. Is. Yeah,
1: totally. No, that's, I, I love to talk about that. Um, well, that's, and that's kind of, it's, it's cool you mentioned it, because as I was playing through, um, like I said, it's always been kind of conflicting for me that I, as a person, uh, of course, being sort of nerdy and stuff, I'm sort of drawn to this, uh, th- this sort of genre of horror anyways, just film and, and story in general. And so Yarnum really got Got into me and got in under my skin, and I love werewolf stories. I love like gothic horror, and so I was like super enthralled by this game. And then I played through. I got to the first boss, uh, cleric beast, beat him the first try, and I was like, oh okay, I can do this. And then I got I got to Gascoigne, and that was not. Um, uh, I sort of had to eat some humble pie because I probably stayed at Gascoigne for a couple of weeks trying to beat him. I refused to summon. I wanted to beat him without summoning, and I finally did. And that was the point where I was like, okay, I made it through this boss. I'm going to play this whole game. I think I figured it out. And so I played through, I used a Hunter's Axe the whole time, uh, upgraded that. And, uh, and man, I don't know. I just, uh, I didn't quite get the, the story my first time through. I kind of had some semblance of what was going on. I knew the church was sort of the bad guys. I got a sense for what Willem was doing at Bergenworth, sort of. I knew that the old ones, uh, the great ones were kind of the, the, they're not exact. They're not exactly antagonists, but they're not good either. they're these, Gods who are you know sort of just doing their own thing and humanity sort of caught in the crossfire. Um, so I was I was really interested in all of that and so I beat the I beat the game and uh, I think so two things happened. The first is uh, I got into uh, Bonfireside Chat. Uh, I would I was at the gym one day looking for a podcast to listen to while I was running and I found Bonfireside Chat and listened to that and was like oh wow like there's so much more to because I listened to the yarn on episode and. Like there's so much more going on here. Like I never noticed that there were chains on the coffins, and like why would that happen? And just like really cool details that they're pointing out. Um, and so after that, uh, I, I got into listening to that, and then kind of that that probably you've heard that a million times before. Like same old experience of uh, listening to them playing the next section, getting through the next boss. And then I finally get to the final boss um, of Bloodborne, and this is the moment where I think I really fell in love with the series. I played, uh, I, I got to Gurnam or Gurman, sorry. And, uh, man, I don't know what happened, but he, he started fighting me and it was probably my third time fighting him. I died like two times and something clicked where the controller stopped being disconnected and it kind of became a part of my body. And like, I don't know what happened, man, but somehow I just like, it was like that. Maybe you've heard it before. It was like a dance. Like we were dancing back and forth, me and German, we were just fighting each other and I killed him. And in that moment, man, I like let out a whoop and I was so stoked. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited that I like, and I got it. And I was like, oh my God, these are the best games I've ever played. And Bloodborne in that moment, solidified probably is my favorite game I've ever played. Uh, and I was totally hooked in that moment. And of course I was surprised by the moon presence. I didn't know, I didn't spoil myself. And I had no idea that there was another boss after German, if you got the uh, umbilical cord. So I got them and, oh God, there's this other boss that I have to fight. Great. And I killed him. I think the second time and, uh, and I was like, um, and so I immediately went on Reddit and I posted this really God awful, uh, like, you know, um, testimony of like, these are the best games ever. Kind of, I don't know. I felt (laughs) like (laughs) I was just so excited and I'm desperate. I couldn't believe that, you know, um, everyone wasn't talking about these games. And so from that moment on, um, yeah, I was a dark souls convert. I immediately went out as soon as I was, I was like, I have to have more. So I went and got dark souls three, I didn't have my Xbox anymore, and I was like devastated to find out that there was no availability for Dark Souls One on the PlayStation Four. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna just settle for Dark Souls Three because it had come out pretty recently at that point, and I had totally forgotten about Noman Sky. <laughs> I was like, this is <laughs> 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 I was like, no, this is why this is why I got this divine providence, we might say. So I, uh, I got Dark Souls Three. Uh, I played through that one and loved it. Uh, I I just I was really in love with that one too. Uh, and then I, th- I finished that one. I was like, I still need more. So I got dark souls Two, uh, the uh, scholar of the first in Edition for PlayStation four. And I played that. And uh, at that point um, I was kind of, there was like, I, there was, I was sort of exhausted on the options for myself. I only have one gaming console. I have a really tight schedule. So I, I can, I, I've allowed, I've allowed myself one, one gaming vice. And that's, that's as far as I can go. So I have one console. It's the PlayStation. There weren't any other games for it. So I, I kind of, satisfied myself to, to leave it there. I think I did play Lords of the Fallen when it came out on PlayStation Network and beat that, but it was like, meh, you know, it's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, Watered down experience compared to what you were looking for. Absolutely. Um, and then from there, <clears throat> uh, funny enough, um, about two, or was it like a month, a month ago or two months ago, I, I finally got um, a PlayStation 3. I went to a GameStop and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I need, I need, I need <laughs> to keep playing. <laughs> I need it. Um, that's healthy, right? Uh, mm, definitely. <laughs> um, and so I, I, uh, I went ahead and bought a PlayStation three and I had, I had the choice between demon souls and dark souls. Uh, and so I thought, because I'm sort of a poet at heart, um, uh, I thought it'd be the most poetic for, to get demon souls and beat that one first and then have the last game that I finally beat be the first game that I tried, mm-hmm. uh, which, so I, so I'm playing through demon souls now. Um, I'm on. Uh, four, four, four One, I think. I'm in mean, the Shrine of Storms. Yeah. Um, all those, yeah. All those mean skeletons are coming. Those skeletons. Me. Oh my gosh! But I found the Uchi Katana, and I just equipped it and upgraded it, and so I'm like murdering them now, and I'm obsessed. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. I have like the Spike Shield. I'm um. I've I, and I've yeah. I'm just. I love it. I love this game. So I'm very excited to finally play through Dark Souls One. I will say, uh, and you know, um, fans will think that i'm a total sellout but i have spoiled spoiled myself i didn't mention Vadi Vidya. uh i probably should have because he was a big integral part of me kind of connecting with the universe too because i mean his videos can we just universally acknowledge that they're incredible and they're brilliant
0: oh yeah yeah i think vadi um, is is probably responsible for a large amount of the success of dark souls and in, in yeah. general like people like him and uh you know e and b and and yeah. like all those early lore people mm. um and then not to mention the like the twitch community that sprung up around oh yeah dark souls as well of mm-hmm. you know, just kind of spreading that game to the masses and like yep. watching because y- you can read about the the invasion system and not have any capacity for understanding it until you see the ridiculousness of it all I know. Now this is what I want to see. Uh, Right. Like this is – and it takes sometimes like the – it has such a reputation. Like the entire series has a reputation of being overly Mm -hmm. hard and and dumb and you're going to die constantly. But actually seeing somebody play and work through it, I think it's a lot Mm. better than just hearing, oh, you're going to die over and
1: over over again. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I think like there's a great line from a book. Uh, that I really enjoy uh, called Blue Light Jazz. And my favorite line in this book is sometimes you have to see somebody love something in order for you to love it too. Uh, And I think kind of that holds true for the Dark Souls series, that we talk about it and, like, this community is so incredible and so interwoven uh, and interconnected on the internet at least. And um, uh, so maybe from the outside looking in, you kind of think like, uh, you know, it's kind of weird to step into it, especially if all they do is talk about it. But if you see somebody play it, and really, just kind of get like you know that experience out of it. I think uh, it can really bring someone in. So uh,
0: we've gotten kind of the general history of like your yeah, yeah. Uh, through these games. Um, I want to rewind back to Bloodborne since that's the first one that got you hooked. Um, you mentioned like it was that fight with Gurman that clicked with you, and you finally felt mm. like you knew how to control the game. Was it pretty challenging up till then? Because if you're not used to playing. Like those types of games, I would imagine that the combat, just the mechanics of it, were, were could be kind of overwhelming.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, I me- I remember uh, really struggling on a couple of the bosses. Um, I didn't play through the DLC at first, so I just played the vanilla game, and I struggled a lot with Gascoigne. I, I struggled a lot with uh, oh my god, it Um I I gave up on her because it was a, she was just so obnoxious. Um, uh, so yeah, there were a couple. Really, really tough spots, um, and I think I cheesed a couple, of, a, a couple of uh, bosses as well. Uh, so yeah, it was pretty challenging up until that point. I had to summon several times for a couple of the bosses, um, and you know I got invaded a couple times. So yeah, I mean it was. It, I prob it probably wasn't. I mean I'm sure it was like the same experience that most people had uh you know going through the game the first time maybe a little bit easier because i came to it a little bit late so i had like the wealth of knowledge and like i could kind of go online if i needed to and and find the best strategy and stuff and i did pick a pretty easy weapon the the hunter's has got a huge range so it wasn't the uh, the the it wasn't the worst playthrough that i ever had and uh so yeah i'm probably a moderate difficulty okay the answer to that question yeah
0: did you ever go back through and like do multiple playthroughs like were you that oh yeah
1: oh absolutely yeah man i played um i couldn't i thought it, once i finished it i was done and then i, I was like i kind of want to play this again so i went back <laughs> and uh, i i started i was like well i did a strength build last time let's do a skill build so i did a skill build start off with the the threaded cane and then uh something happened where I, I think i saw someone say oh you should you totally have to try the um, Blades of Mercy, so I, I, I kind of did the quest line to get those real quick and played through, and they became my favorite weapon, man. Like, those, oh my gosh, they're so much fun. I don't think that I can play that game without that as, like, the standard. So my second playthrough with the Blades of Mercy is actually, to me, the definitive Bloodborne, like, my definitive Bloodborne experience. Um... (laughs) yeah <laughs> it's
0: amazing how well you can bond with weapons in bloodborne like i've gone through like almost love affairs with different weapons like i was <laughs> i was a i was a threaded cane guy when i first started and then uh i did a strength build and then hunter's axe all the way and then like right nice. now it's it's all Rikuyo all the time like when i picked up oh game dude list, it's, it's, i love
1: the Recuyo. That yeah. that one's my second favorite man
0: it's oh my um, gosh I, <laughs> it, it's, a, it's just disappointing that you have to play so far into the game to be able to get to it because i'd love to play like yeah. a whole like brand new you know new game starting with that
1: oh yeah i think i remember i you, you mentioned something like that on one of your podcast recordings it was um how you thought that it would be cool if you could kind of if you've beaten the game you can start again with a brand new character but you have your choice of all of the weapons is that? Do you remember? Do you remember saying something like that?
0: Yeah, that's that's one of my many pitches to fix Bloodborne. <laughs> Bloodborne two comes out because, um, and I think you, I think it would be fair. Like if any weapon that you found in your original playthrough, like is now available to you on a new save or something. Um, mm. So that way, you actually have to put in the work to find it. Like I think that's yeah. I think that's fine. Um, but basically, yeah, any weapon that you find during any playthrough is unlocked for you on a new save mm. instead of just those those starting three. Because like imagine starting with like the you know the um the amy arm like that weird yeah. like arm thing that i've never yep. used but I just <laughs> i don't want to get a strength build all the way through it and then like have to upgrade weapons to be able to get access to, like i just like it just seems like kind of overwhelming and
1: yeah yeah i think, I if think you could exactly. just start with that it would just be way more fun i thought it was a great idea when i heard it i was like that would be so good i could like you know, you would have you have you be able to play the game kind of it, it's sort of like new games new game plus but you sort of have the the kind of wherewithal like the the ability to to craft your character and from the beginning and to kind of get that sort of growth experience because typically by the time you get those weapons you've already upgraded your character so much you don't get a feel that like i don't know one of the ben- one of the kind of organic things i love about the game is you start from s- nothing and you know like the first enemies are so mu- so difficult to beat but if you've upgraded your character like you can you can make that run through your and kill everything one shot really easily and it's kind of defeats the purpose of really attaching yourself to one of these weapons like you're right it's like a love affair <laughs> And it, it, i think
0: it would give you the opportunity to like um it would expand the capacity of the game for people, players to role play throughout it like yeah if i want to absolutely. role play as lady maria um and and who don't uh but like <laughs> if i want to do that like starting with those weapons and you know starting with that that kind of gear and I have a friend of mine that just started a uh, kind of a role playing podcast. He's based in Skyrim right now, where it's just him and a oh, friend, cool. and they talk about like their stories of their Skyrim characters and their okay. like paths through that game. And uh, like, I think that Bloodborne, you could do something like that. Like Dark Souls, you could do something like that, but it would be like you would have to have more options available to you. Spe- right. Specifically, Bloodborne, like there just there's just mm-hmm. not enough to you don't have, the player doesn't have enough creative control to start the game to really make sure. kind of cool decisions. So yeah,
1: yeah totally with you um yeah so yeah so but obviously we've talked about a lot about bloodborne but uh that one really was my favorite and um uh the challenge the but also the story uh i gotta say man uh one of my favorite I, I think if if i could define um sort of myself in just a couple of words uh you know obviously theologian that, that's kind of a lofty term and most people who heard that would think I'm being really, really arrogant. But in the sen- just in the sense that I I really enjoy studying theology and uh, the different kind of aspects of what it means to be able to kind of consider what 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 the word God means and what it means to 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 kind of experience Him in that kind of th- in that kind of area. That's just I it's so compelling to me. But um, only through the lens of narrative. So theology, and then if if I was to use another word, story. Uh, so I love theology, but I love stories. And um, and I have to say that if I was going to... I can't continue talking about the series if I don't at least kind of mention how incredible this story is. Um, did you... I know I'm kind of turning tables, but I hear you guys talk a lot about it. Was your first impression when you played these games like that the story was brilliant or were you kind of like not getting it at first? Oh, I
0: had no idea. Like when I started with Dark Souls 1, I no, no clue whatsoever what was going on in that game. It wasn't until... Mm-hmm. Um, like picking up story pieces and talking to other people on the internet and things like <clears throat> that, that I was like, wait a minute, like, there's a reason that, it, yeah, <laughs> like, the, the, the classic example I always go back to is uh, like you find Black well, you haven't played Dark Souls 1, but you find um, Tarkas's armor in a specific place, and uh, yeah, like hearing online that. Oh, it's because he was trying to go through the same quest. Like he was he defeated this mm. area and he was going to go to the city of the gods, but he you know, he's a fat guy with a bunch of armor, so he fell off the rafters. <laughs> so his his right. armor is now down down here, it's shoved out of the way. And like that broke me open for these games, like discovering mm. like, oh, there could be hidden meetings <clears> and this game isn't going to badger me over the head with the with the the plot summary right like i'm not getting like dumps of exposition at all every time and it's Mm. um so yeah and that's that's continued with me with every single game like i'd I don't ever pick up on all the story clues until I'm like, probably play through two or three. And even then I'm usually wrong. Like I'm not much yeah. of a guy. I like to right. pull the pieces out and make my own narrative. And then people are like, mm. no. but actually if you look at all this and they just point to a mountain of evidence that proves the other right. thing and I'm like, Oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. cool. I'll just That's be amazing. over here. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's awesome, man. Oh, I'm totally with you. I, I mean, I re- I remember reading, um, I think that coffin thing was a big thing for me. Like I mentioned before, like finding out, Oh, there's, Chains on the coffins. There's a reason for that. I think for me, I was talking to somebody recently and uh, it was an engineer and he was talking about how he's, you know, an eye for detail is really important to be to be an engineer, especially for like a civil engineer, you got to go somewhere and notice the environment, notice everything about it, and be able to kind of draw conclusions from it. And I realized as he was talking that a I am not that person in the slightest. Uh, I can't like I can walk into a room and I'll be completely oblivious to everything about that room um and so the same is kind of true with bloodborne um that you know or with dark souls i'll, I'll be walking through these environments that are so littered with in, like just these intricate details and I'm, i miss all of them and i have to like go back and hear somebody else talk about them like oh my gosh they're so right that's incredible um and i feel kind of like <laughs> I feel kind of like a jackass for like you know, walking through these games and not appreciating it but uh um just you know different different strokes for different folks i guess
0: Well, tell, let's talk a little bit about, let's, let's get into the story a little bit more because as somebody that's interested in like how, um, his, like the the aspect of God through these stories or through this narrative Mm. and studying theology, like, is that colored the way that you, you see this stuff? Like, do you go online and see, like, because most of the internet to me feels like it's filled with heathens that don't have, that don't bring (laughs) that kind of, yeah. studiousness compared to 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 these kind of stories with maybe with sure. the exception of like the agons and the and the jfs mm-hmm. jsfs of the world but does that right, color right. Your, your experience with these games at all
1: they yeah, absolutely absolutely does man um you know i'm uh being a theology student obviously you study a lot of church history you study and the, the really great thing about the school that i'm at um we we don't we try we try really really hard not to uh to sort of sugarcoat anything. Uh, And so obviously historically, uh, the ideas that like religion has brought about the church and all things that it doesn't, it's not, it's a messy history, man. You know, we, uh, as, as Christians, we, we hopefully will own up to, to that. And so as I'm playing through these games, um, you know, number one, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to interpret it. The story just as on its own merit. I don't, I try really hard, not, I want to listen. I don't want to try to, you know, assume or, what's the word I'm looking for. I try not to like interpret through the lens of my own worldview. I want to hear what they're trying to say, what the storyteller is trying to say, uh, and to embody and to live and breathe in the world that he's creating for me. So with that being the case, you know um, stepping into this world that's populated by um, it's like specifically in Bloodborne, it's populated by a church who's discovered this incredible um, means by which to heal any disease, which if you kind of, as a, as a Christian, that kind of, here in that, like, well, that's exactly what the church, like, church is, or all religions claim, is that they claim that human beings are diseased and that they have a cure for it. And then oftentimes what the case is, is that the church uses that very thing, whether it's valid or not, to try to gain power and, and to manipulate uh, for whatever motivations. Um, sometimes they're good motivations, but obviously the, some of the worst things in history have happened with the best motivations. So, you know, <clears throat> um, walking through Bloodborne and let's see um dark souls one you know like i said i've, I've kind of walked through the story even though i haven't necessarily played the game i'm probably a bad person for that but i'm so intrigued uh and you have um especially in dark souls 2 where you kind of discover that uh i think they called is, am i correct you can maybe answer this for me but gwen lighting the first flame that was the first sin that dr is talking about right Man, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> so, um yeah i, I mean
0: I, I think you could view it that way um okay. th- there's there's also some stuff with um you know dividing the flame up and like the daughters of matt Manus and all of the stuff that happens in the dlc and in those kind of things but um mm-hmm. like your your guess is literally as good as mine in some of the stuff <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like i said i I love, I love these stories and i get involved with them yeah. but at a certain point sure. like I, once once we hit like uh like the getting real deep and 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 dirty on the on the on the lore facts
1: yeah. I, I get kind of out of it sure oh no i totally i'm i'm sympathetic with you there man uh but yeah well regardless let's just kind of for sake of argument and i'm sure you know we, we can receive thanks like the we can humbly receive the emails that prove us wrong but for the moment assuming that when uh rekindling the first flame is the first sin um, I, I was so enthralled by that because first off, Gwen is kind of like a God character himself. Um, and he, so first off, the idea that God sinned, uh, in, in that sin was kind of a, a fear of change, right? We don't want, we have this age of fire. We want to keep it. We're afraid of something different, the age of dark, when in reala- reality, I mean, obviously dark sort of represents chaos as, as far as I can tell and. Uh, and so basically you have like an order versus chaos dichotomy and which is really interesting mythological, uh, like, in, like mythological story in and of itself. Um, and the, the, idea that sort of this God character comes in and, and, in fear of change sort of enacts the, the worst, the, the evil himself by, by, um, out of just desire to, to keep things the way that they are. And then of course, humanity is the one that suffers as a result with the, with the, um, undead curse. I think that's, that's such a dynamic and brilliant uh, critique on um, even what we as Christians believe. And that is, you know, that human beings have brought this sort of curse of humanity on ourselves uh, by, by the, by our first sin with, you know, Adam and Eve in the garden. So uh, just like the, the fascinating interplay between what this game is kind of acknowledging to be true about humanity, but also kind of saying, no, it's not all humanity's fault. In fact, a lot of this was brought upon us Um, and we are sort of, uh, we are sort of smaller beings at the at the disposal of the gods, uh, which I think is also sort of a core a core component of Bloodborne too. You have you know that whole dichotomy between like Bergenworth versus the church. You have like let's let's go after knowledge of God via via insight or knowledge, or let's go after knowledge of God, communion with God via, you know, kind of imbibing the blood of the gods in both ways, sort of, you know, are damned from the start because the gods at the end of the day are just interested in the gods and not humanity at all. Um, Just a really, really fascinating um, and contrasting worldview to, to, to the one that I hold. Uh, And I find that, um, and I think this is true in general. Well, first off, I don't, I probably I probably am going to in this podcast going to sound kind of come across as really arrogant. I really hope I don't. Um, um, So you'll forgive me if I do. But one of my favorite quotes. uh, Sorry, go ahead.
0: Oh no! I was just gonna like uh, just real quick like you, you don't have to apologize for anything that you say or anything ahead of time like all of our, all of okay. my listeners I am, I have been blessed with like the coolest listeners out there like nobody gets okay. up in anybody's shit for um awesome. for like not knowing a specific thing or for like forgetting something and it's you know so like don't don't worry about coming across as uh-huh. as
1: whatever so you'll, you'll be fine okay, I sweet. promise. <laughs> thanks, man. That's cool. Well, thanks for for sharing me. Well, anyway, um, there was a there's this quote I read a while back saying it is the mark of an educated mind that you can uh, contemplate or entertain a thought without necessarily believing it. And uh, uh, I think these these games give me such an amazing opportunity to to walk through uh, the mind and the heart of a, a, a totally disparate. Um, uh, worldview than my own, and in so doing, I can a know the the people that sort of em, embody that worldview themselves better, uh, and b I can through that also know my own, and hopefully experience a, a great deal of unity in the fact that I think there's so much value and beauty uh, to be found in these games and in these stories, and also not just in the stories, but in the community around them. Um, I think that's that was another thing that was such a fascinating component into into getting into these these games you have um <laughs> you'll have to forgive me but you'll you have such a remarkable parallel between like what it means to to enjoy the series and to be a fan of these series and what it is to even be a christian because i myself like if you kind of are you familiar with those memes that like every every new game that has any semblance of difficulties now the dark souls of that genre like cup cuphead or, or is it the dark souls of platformers and- absolutely yeah <laughs> okay so um i I have this little joke that i'm the only person that laughs at it because i'm nobody else that i know in at school plays these games but uh so i (laughs) i've been saying that the bible is sort of the dark souls of the bible (laughs) like (laughs) the bible is a dark soul uh you know you have like this sort of really dense and really complicated piece of like Well, pieces of literature. There's 66 books in the Bible, and uh, you know, and and it's really, really convoluted. There's a lot going on. And to be honest, like if you don't go online and do some googling yourself, a straightforward reading of it, even if you took the time to, uh, is going to just, you know, your your guess is as good as mine, right? Uh, You know, it's like that's that's sort of what we have in the Bible. And so, what we have to do is, you have people who are kind of silly, obsessed people like myself who like, well, this book is really good. We should we should study it really hard, and you know. You you forms community around it and uh and then once you do you start to realize like no there's so much there's even more to this kind of pandora's box than we ever thought um and so like i see a really interesting parallel and i by no means am i trying to say (laughs) that christianity is the same as like the dark souls fan community at all Mm -hmm. uh but i do think it's a it's such an interesting parallel between like when a group of people come together and find such immense value in a thing and form this amazing community around it and then when they Discover to their delight that there was even more to that thing that they initially liked than they thought, and then they can sort of develop this really remarkable, you know, community. I think it's it's such a really interesting thing. So I think holistically, just on the through the story, through the community, and even through the gameplay. I mean, we uh, and uh, you know, one of the predominant themes of of the of the Soul series is uh, perseverance, right? You know, we you yeah. uh, you <laughs> you just thrust your head against this, you know, seemingly impossible wall enough times, and with patience and perseverance, you'll you'll finally get it, um, and I think, um, you know, there's an, like, there's an interesting parallel even there between, between that and my own experience with Faith, because, you know, there, maybe as you play through the games, you'll experience these moments of, of doubt, like, I don't know if I can do this, I don't know if I can beat this boss, I don't know if I can, you know, figure it out, um, I was, I'm trying to remember, I was, I I came up with on the the armored spider most recently and hmm. demon souls and uh, I, I played through him seven or eight times uh, I was I was trying to bite, fight this boss and as I was doing so there's a couple like just that that's that old familiar feeling of like ah, maybe I, maybe I can't do this maybe I need to change <laughs> my <laughs> you know after having beaten all these games I still have those moments and uh, maybe I never so... got good and it was all a ruse <laughs> it's so true oh my gosh what if i am not good (laughs) like oh no um and so as you but as i do that um you know there's that other kind of voice inside my head that says no you can do this like no you've you've made it this far you've 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 beaten all these bosses you spent like such an unhealthy amount of time with these games you can do this and uh as um and so i you know just that one more time that one more try and then you you finally get it it's like oh this is how you fight this boss oh this is the rhythm oh i I get it now and uh in a very similar way um you know uh i've experienced the same thing even in my in my walk is with my faith you you over time you'll you get that link that that's that little bit of doubt and you don't want to and i don't mean doubt like you no, know, does God exist? Which does happen, but that's a different kind of doubt. I just mean, like, I don't know if I can do this, and that's just life, right? You know, you, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can do this. Uh, I just started classes in um, August, and I'm I'm in my first year, uh, and we have our first, our very first class was Greek one, right? And so we uh, we have to learn um because the bible the new testament at least was written in ancient greek and so we want to read it in the original language because we're nerds and so we have to learn how to read ancient greek and so i i opened my my book the first day and he wants us to like be able to read it you know like just word for you know like understand the alphabet know how it's pronounced all this stuff and i'm like i don't even know what that letter is like I, i can't i can't read this i can't do this um but dark souls has taught me that uh it's not about you know that first time through it's not about like oh i failed i can't do this it's more like okay this is hard but with perseverance i can um and i think so i think having that sort of focus and having i mean it's just a, it's an invaluable lesson that we can learn from you know a a video game like whoa
0: (laughs) yeah very few games support the the, the, have the foundation for you to lay something like that on top of them right like usually like they're pretty much surface level always and only and it's it's difficult to hang some sort of like extended philosophy around but dark Souls seems kind of naturally suited for that all of these games seem relatively suited for that to let you explore your own mental
1: questions about whatever philosophy while you're playing the game and i think oh yeah it's so true do you uh so i mean obviously like i said you you're not uh you're sort of not a a super lore guy uh as as a self-confessed um but do you do you find uh some of the like, do you find that you kind of relate to that story? Uh, I know, I think I've, I've heard that you kind of identify as an atheist. Do you think like, does that color your, I'm curious, like, does that color your lens as you're, you're playing through these games and, and understanding, appreciating the story?
0: Sure. Because like as a young kid, um, and when I say young, like my teenage years where you question sure. literally anything and everything adult <laughs> has ever told you, um, fire, right, yeah. maybe not hot, maybe, I don't know. Um, <laughs> you, you just have to go through oh, and like learn cool. all your, your, your own mistakes. Um, you know yeah. that that, that question yeah. of not of whether or not like all of this stuff that everybody accepted was real was actually real, and then eventually getting to the point of like, well, it can be real and it can be real to me. Like those those can be two yeah. different ideas. Um, and like okay. and Dark Souls can support that as well because they the game lays this thing out of you know you're the chosen undead. and dead. And I keep going back mm. to Dark Souls one because it's the one I'm, I'm most familiar with. But um, yeah, yeah, it's, totally. Uh, you know it you're the chosen and dead. You're the, you're the, you're the person that's going to save the world. And then immediately subverts that by like, Oh, actually there's a lot of chosen and deads and like, Oh, you have to go ring the bell of awakening. Actually, there's (laughs) two bells of awakening. (laughs) Um, Right. Right. Yeah. And it's one of those things (laughs) like throughout the game as you, as you, and this kind of applies to most of like the deities that are in the, the souls universe. I think Uh, like the more that you become aware of them, the more you realize that they're probably just people that have been raised up on this pedestal of history to be deities or they're not great deities and uh, yeah. <laughs> I think, like as a person who does identify as an atheist like it's it's one of those things of like well yeah like of course like most of the things that people put up to worship were done for very specific and not altogether altruistic reasons and, sure. it's, and it you know that that, that kind of plays into that a lot but most of the time like um, for me personally it's it's become much more of a mechanics thing like I, I love the story and I love these these areas these, these things that they craft but you know just the actual you mentioned it earlier of getting to that point of like well, I can't do this and mm. um like that's the big demon souls thing like the you know that there's finding those messages on the ground from other people that says i can't take this right like, <laughs> like across uh, the universe uh, being able to read somebody yeah. and, and, and feel like solidarity man like absolutely right. like i'm, I'm here <laughs> I've, i feel I'm exactly set, the yeah. same way um, <laughs>
1: absolutely
0: i think that's you know that's that that kind of thing is what draws me to these games mm. uh, the, like the stories are great and i don't necessarily need the the stuff like that dark souls one could support out of its lower like i don't need to and I, I much prefer something like bloodborne where it's a lot mm. more wrapped up there's a lot little there's a lot yeah. less left to question at the end of the game right i mean there's still a bunch of stuff like people are still mining that that bloodborne well which is good like great i'm, I'm happy that that stuff exists sure um but at the end of the day, like to me, I just I, I love moving through these levels. I love like mm-hmm. actually killing the stuff. <laughs> that's kind of what I, what I came to be into.
1: Yeah. No. Absolutely, man. Uh, there's nothing more satisfying than like you know that sort of perfect backstab that you get on an enemy that's been like you know killing you for the last half hour. Mm-hmm. Like oh my god! Like I just did that with the skeletons and the shrine of storms last night. Like I you know they I was I kept dying to them over and over again. So I put the game down and came back to it like a day later and like just bring these through the level like just backstab back stab back stab my god what it satisfying dude oh my goodness um. <laughs> how has it been for you
0: working backwards through the series because you know Bloodborne and Dark Souls 3 have um they're probably like the the, the most um the smoothest gameplay experiences mm-hmm. as far as like the things that you have to jump through to uh yeah. like upgrade your weapons or do an NPC quest or, or what have you even though those are still pretty inscrutable but like you go back to Demon <laughs> Souls and the game's just like whatever man go ahead
1: <laughs> figure it out I guess <laughs> yeah you know, or not, whatever, like, whatever. I'm going to go over here and sit on this ledge and kill you if you try to come close. Like, yeah, I think the... Um, I don't know. Like, so Dark Souls 2 was way slower. Um, and that was sort of the... That was the big learning curve that I had to get over. Um, Bloodborne, obviously, being the fastest of the game series. And then Dark Souls 3 kind of being the second fastest. So going from that to Dark Souls 2, uh, where you're just like... It wasn't just slower. I felt like I was snail's pace, especially because... And I found, out, found that out later that... Um, to to drink from your estus, there's actually a stat you have to upgrade in order to drink at a like reasonable rate. So I like try to drink and heal in the middle of a boss fight. And, like ten seconds later, I'd still try to be drinking, and I get demolished. And it's like well, why why can't <laughs> like well, why can't I just drink my stupid drink? Uh, and so that was a big, big big difference that I had to like oh this game wants me to to slow down. Uh, um, and I think that's been the biggest difference and the biggest uh, kind of hang up has been. Like oh, it's way slower. Demon Souls is less so because I was used to Dark Souls 2 enough that I was ready for this for the for the kind of slow pace that it, or the slower pace that it has. Mm-hmm. Um, and and mechanically, I think the only other thing that was weird was uh, I noticed uh, it, it took me a minute to figure it out, but that the rolling mechanic uh, when you're locked on uh, in dark even in Dark Souls one, uh, there's like a um, there's like a six degree roll, so you can roll front or left or right or also diagonally. But in dark and Demon Souls, you can only ro- roll like front or left to right. Uh, so the the ability to kind of dodge through an attack is a lot more difficult in Demon Souls than it is in Dark Souls One. Um, and that was different. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, generally speaking, it's been pretty it's been pretty cool actually to. To sort of make my way backwards, uh, sort of, as opposed to the graphics getting progressively better, seeing them get progressively worse. Uh, and then realize that how how little that even matters because of how incredible the atmosphere of these games is and how important it is, even over graphics, uh, they are to to kind of the atmosphere of the world and, and the, the experience they're trying to craft for the player.
0: Yeah, it's... Um... Like I always go back to world tendency and Demon Souls of being one of those completely inscrutable things that I would love for them just to do immediately over again
1: <laughs> like yeah. just
0: have it be exactly the same thing because i think it'd be so much fun so yeah um i, I guess it's it's weird that you know it's it's all about the gameplay and the story and the atmosphere more so than it is like you mentioned like the graphics because right. by all accounts demon souls right. looks worse than bloodborne but at yeah. the same time there, there's a certain appeal to like demon souls aesthetic that I, yeah I, I can i could see people preferring more
1: totally yeah i mean people i know i've i've gotten a lot i've gotten a lot of Kind of the vibe that I'm getting is that demon Souls is kind of held in this sort of separate category than to even all of the rest of the Souls game. It's like you can't touch demon Souls. Um, and I, I can totally see why. I mean, it's such a, it's a, it really is a remarkable experience playing through it. And uh, um, I kind of, you know, it's kind of funny. Um, I sort of feel, uh, uh, so C.S. Lewis is my favorite writer. I don't know if you're familiar with him mm-hmm. or not. Um, so he made like, you know, the Chronicles of Narnia and wrote a bunch of books. And, uh, so it's funny because the books that he wrote in uh, the Narnia series, there's seven of them, right? And if you go buy them in, I promise this has this actually is relevant to our discussion. <laughs> uh, uh, but if you buy them, in, if you buy them just in a box set, you'll you'll see them numbered one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, but if you any any self respecting C.S. Lewis fan knows that that number uh, is not the right order to read them in. They they for some odd reason the, the publishers published them uh, in as a chronological set, but C.S. Lewis, when he wrote them, he wrote, he di- he wrote them out of sequence. So you're actually supposed to read the second one first, uh, The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, and then like take two, three, four, and then like six, five, and seven, or one and seven, I don't know. But regardless, what you're actually supposed to do is read the first chronological one in the series second to last and then like the last one last
0: <laughs> it sounds like you're ordering the metal gear solid series It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly you're right like it's just
1: you know trying other. to write the history
0: of a Zelda game
1: <laughs> there you go oh my gosh that's a stupid timeline you're absolutely correct and so yeah it's like it's like that so i kind of feel like my my dark souls experience is, is similar to my my chronicles of 9 experience where you're i'm they feel really it feels really good to actually to play them out of order like playing i feel like playing demon souls right before finishing out dark souls 1 is actually going to complement the experience as a whole as best as it possibly could i, I can think of no other way to play it. not to say it's the only way to do it but i could think of no other better way to to experience like the, the chronology of the game and even mm. like sort of dark souls 3 and, and seeing like the culmination of all of it um because dark souls 3 does to me represent uh, a sort of amalgamation of every game that came before including demon souls including bloodborne dark souls 2 all of them uh, um, like playing that one sort of on the front end of it and then kind of saying okay here's here's sort of the finished project product like from software saying hey this is the this is the thing that we've been trying to do uh, and then now go and kind of explore how we got here uh is has been a really really neat experience um to 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 do that uh, yeah
0: so as, um, as, as a, as a huge fan of these games, um, we didn't really talk about this, but this is, this has happened over the last couple of years, right? Like this is a pretty short time frame to run through all of these games with. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but as a, as, as a huge fan of the series, like what are you looking forward to from, from, like, are you, are you watching what they are doing? Like any announcements that they make or, or anything like that? Like, are you keeping up with it? Or are you just like, okay, I'm just going to wait for the thing to be in my hands.
1: Uh, I mean, I'm, I really am watching as close as possible. I am so, I am very, very, uh, time conscious. So I I have to be careful. I have, you know, a lot of classes and I'm working full time and all sorts of stuff. So I don't get, I I don't get to indulge as much in, in, uh, keeping an eye out for, for different games, especially from, which is my number one thing I'm always looking for. Like, I think just the other day I I was Googling, what's next for, dark souls or what's next for bloodborne i was kind of seeing if there's an update and of course they're pretty quiet i think they did say they were looking they were working on the yt but they haven't released anything um so i i'm i'm watching very closely but i don't know whether or not sorry my phone's ringing um i don't know whether or not uh i'll be able to like going forward keep up with it as much as i'd like to at least not as consistently
0: yeah, like it's 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 one of those things where you just kind of like, okay, just 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 give us a little announcement and then we'll be fine. <laughs> but it's the not knowing that kind of frustrates me the most, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely it is. It's uh you're kind of like always wondering like what's what's their next thing going to be? Is it going to be as good or you know, what mm-hmm. if it's something completely different, which I don't think anybody wants. Um, you know, I think my biggest fear would be if they came out and say, "Oh, we're going to make a completely new thing that's not related at all and has nothing to I can't imagine that that's the case but I do think I have a little fear of that it's like no I want more I want more Dark Souls please I
0: I feel like um, even I feel like everybody has been trying to replicate the Dark Souls success formula oh yeah uh, but it hasn't really nobody's really clicked with it like there's been some really good um, games that have come out like and apparently like, even the new Assassin's Creed game has, like, kind of Dark Souls-inspired combat, huh. whereas it didn't really have that before. So, uh, like, people are trying to do that stuff, but I feel like From has perfected that, like, over-the-shoulder, stamina-based, mm-hmm. like clunky combat, and even in if you switch that to Bloodborne, like, super yeah. fast, like, smooth-feeling combat. Mm-hmm. Then I can't imagine they'd... <clears throat> I would imagine they would leave all of those worlds behind, but still keep that same kind of core gameplay.
1: Oh, I hope so, yeah. I, I mean, I would love to see... I mean, if they made... Nothing but like a a, cl- a clone copy of Bloodborne, but with just a new aesthetic. I would be probably the happiest person on the planet. Um, like totally, totally fine with just that. I mean, and of course, obviously, the, I'm sure they'll want to expand on it and stuff. But I'd be so happy if that was all they did.
0: Well, Jonathan, thank you very much for for guesting today. I know this is kind of early on a Saturday morning, so thank you for for waking up and and spending about an hour with me. I really appreciate it. Can you tell everybody uh, where you can be found on the internet?
1: Yeah, totally. Um, well, I'm uh, I'm not super internet present, but I I do have a Twitter handle. It's just at J Duckett. Um, so deep, like duck, like bird with an E T T at the end. Um, I tweet, I retweet stuff. Pretty, I pretty much follow you know theologians and poets and stuff. But you know I, I tweet out some stuff, and uh, I, f- I love you know so you, know, you can always find me there. And then I think I'm on. You can probably find me on Facebook too if you feel like stalking that. You know, den of thieves, <laughs> <laughs> wretched hive of villainy. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I also have a blog that I never, I never post on. Probably been a couple of years, but it's te- t- it's a Greek word, to t e t e l e s t a i, um, at uh, our blogspot.com. I got some poetry on there that I've written, some different blog posts and stuff. I should write a blog post about this video game series, though. Uh, I post that, so you could maybe check that out and see if I've written it. Um, and that's about only, that's about, that's about it for internet presence for me. Cool. Well, thank yeah. you
0: again for guesting. This has been an absolute delight. I really appreciate you
1: sharing
0: all of your experiences with us.
1: Dude, I'm so thankful. Thank you for, uh, for letting me come on, man. It's just an honor to be able to talk to you and uh, to be honest, like I said, I just I wish I knew more people that played the ser- series. I'm, I'm sort of the Dark Souls evangelist of, of my area. <laughs> uh,
0: of the evangelist. Of the evang-
1: I'm the <laughs> <laughs> Dark Souls evangelist evangelist. Absolutely. <laughs> that's so true. Uh, man, thank you so much.
0: Thank you, man. I appreciate it. As yeah. always, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. You can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can find the podcast at don't that has links to all the previous episodes as well as all of the various social medias. Uh, I will point your attention to the Instagram where I put po- Put up very brief one minute clips of each episode as they go up, so you can kind of get an idea of what you are getting into. This is the first time I've recorded since I released episode 100, and uh, I announced our Patreon. Um, so if you want to go to Patreon.com/slash Don't Give Up Skeleton, uh, it's just basically like a uh you might call it a skeleton framework uh since this is the first time i've talked publicly about it i'll I'll take a brief mention and just say that like there's only one tier it's only a buck a month um and there's so far only one goal and it's just you know it's just there because patreon (laughs) has to have a goal so really realistically i'm treating the patreon as a tip jar if you are interested and you want to support the show that goes a long way to doing it Um, if you can't do that that's fine tell your friends about the show or leave itunes reviews but no matter what you do remember
1: don't give up skeleton Don't give up skeletons. And we're good. Thanks, man. This was great. Oh, man. Thank you so much. I'm glad, man. I was really nervous. I was like, I hope I have something to say that's not been said a million times before. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. I've, uh, I've actually gotten requests from people.